My name's Don Blythe. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Apex Predators, ExplosionNetwork.com's Apex Legends podcast. Joining me to discuss Season 5 today, Ashley Opley. Hey, Don. Excited to be here. Where are we dropping? Uh, fucking hot dropping, wherever the... <laughs> <laughs> Whoever that is, that's where we're going. Uh, so yeah, this is the first proper episode, and what a way to start it. We're going to start by breaking down some of the key big things uh, that have changed or been added or whatever that uh, in Season 5, um, but just overall, how are you feeling about the season so far? Because obviously, map change, lots of different things that we're about to cover, are you like, no, I hate this. Let me go back to World's End or <laughs> World's Edge or... Yeah, I mean, it's interesting from a story perspective. Um, obviously, there's been some interesting gameplay changes. Uh, certain weapons have been removed and that kind of thing. Uh, but I'm enjoying Season 5 so far. Got my first win the other day. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> but it's going pretty well so far, I think. Yeah. I, I'm very keen for all the story stuff. Because I, I think pretty much... Season five is, in a lot of ways, the first season of what, like, where Respawn's going to start taking the story stuff a lot more, not to say they weren't, like, treating it serious before, but, like, making it a lot more integral to the actual game and, like, doing more with it, because I feel like they started noticing people were caring a lot more about the story, and they put in place a lot of the characters, and they'd started teasing all these things, and instead of being, like, an Overwatch where they don't really do a lot of story stuff apart from in the, they like cinematic stuff and whatever else. I feel like Respawn's going to try and, and build upon it and make it a bigger part of the game. And obviously the, um, uh, the quests and whatever else this season's the, the start of that. There's, there's lots of interesting questions about Loba, which we'll get into straight away. So the, the big thing of Loba is like, imagine a world where she does get what she wants and she, Kills Revenant. Well, they're obviously not going to have that happen because they're not going to have a champion removed from the game when people have, have paid may have for. spent real yeah. world money to buy skins and etc. So, in a lot of ways, that sort of stuff gives characters plot armor for story sort of things. But then it just because everyone's aware of that, I guess it makes it more interesting to wonder how they solve their differences or you know like what actually ends up happening because in a, in a weird weird way um i do wonder often what if they like she finds something to change revenant and she like makes him like m get to peace and like less of an asshole or something you know what i mean like maybe they could they could change the character slightly but not actually delete him from the game <laughs> delete yeah. him from the game you know, but what are your overall thoughts on Loba in the game so far from like playing and as a character personally? Yeah, she's she's an actual another support character, uh, which we haven't <laughs> other than uh, Lifeline, really. I mean, I know they initially had uh, Pathfinder as Pathfinder, support, but he definitely it. wasn't. Um, yeah, her obviously her big black market ability is really useful, especially early on where you can just pull big, important weapons. Hopefully, if you're in a good spot and uh, her ability to see rare items is good, I feel it'd be good if she could tag them from a bit further away. <laughs> I think that would be a helpful thing, even so you can just tell what it is. Um, but yeah, her traversal ability is really cool and uh, uh, cool to like get the drop on people. And I think you had a thing where you jumped through a window that you wouldn't normally have been able to get through and like surprised 
a bunch of people and took them all out. Yeah, yeah. Had a peacekeeper came through the window. Surprise, motherfucker! Not a peacekeeper. <laughs> uh, oh, it was massive. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> uh, but no, I I think Loeb is great. I'm having an absolute blast. I'm so hyped for her coming in just because her introduction, her story, everything. She just uh, all of her trailers were kick ass and. She's just super interesting. So I was, I was already pretty hyped to play her, but it also helps when she's actually fun to play. And her tactical, the uh, I can't remember the official name. I should have had it in front of me. It doesn't matter. But her the, the tactical to throw the bracelet and teleport herself around is really fun and really good to use. At the moment, there's a bug for it, which I think they're going to fix soon, unless it's been fixed by the time this post where um, if, you, if you're like sliding or you begin sliding or something like that, and it like kind of cancels you being able to throw it or whatever, uh, even if you've thrown it or something. So there's a weird bug there that kind of stops certain cool plays from happening. But other than that, when that's fixed, it'll just add a lot more maneuverability to it because I guess a lot of the times people, I see people who haven't played with her much or maybe the first game, it's like come to a sudden standstill, like aim somewhere, fucking throw. But obviously she's a lot more... Well... I don't. I feel like they don't want to make her too mobile, like a similar thing to what they did with Pathfinder, where they've removed, made his uh his ability the cooldown a bit longer, uh, so they don't have too much of an unfair advantage at send points. Uh, so she has to stand still before she can teleport. It is like a slight, like chink in her armor, I guess, to a certain degree that opens herself up to attack and that kind of thing, but. Yeah. I already, I already yeah. feel like it's not too powerful anyway, simply because, like, even when it doesn't matter if she's moving or not, you when you're aiming, it doesn't let you keep a gun up. So you have to, so you lose all way to fight back if anyone starts shooting at you while you're aiming that thing, right? And then when you throw it, depending on how far you throw it, it's like waiting, waiting, waiting. You know, like if you want to go the full 70 meters, I think it's like the, the top on one, top on it. If you want to go the full thing, you have to wait, wait, wait. So you can you can just be get killed in that time if you're not careful. And then even when you land, it's 99% of the time, probably not a good way to play with her is to throw it super aggressively because when you land, there's like that one to two seconds of, her landing and then animation mm. before she gets her gun out, which is similar to the way they counter race ability, her tactical to make it that you can't use her super aggressively is that when she comes out of her tactical, she has like, like one to two seconds or whatever it is of before she pulls out a gun. So that's how they get around it. All these abilities becoming too strong as they just make it that if you run into a bunch of enemies, you're going to die. Like if you, if you throw Loba's fucking, tactical on top of a roof to try and kill someone but they know they they hear and see you coming which is very easy to to hear and see her lover coming it's just like she'll land and then it's like bang you're dead you know, <laughs> you know? so i feel like th there are good times to use it aggressively if you pick your spots or if the, there's a hectic fight happen and people can't really see where you're coming or obviously if the enemy doesn't actually know where you're coming from so yeah, like when i free yeah. myself in that room they had no idea where i was and next second i was just kind of there and i caught them very much off guard but if, if people see you and you just chuck yourself in front of them you're gonna die so most of the time you're gonna use it for repositioning or uh, a way to escape or, or whatnot but it's not like a super aggressive ability and i i think it's like the cooldown on it's already fine i've i have no problem i don't think it's overpowered i don't think it's underpowered i think it's i think it's fine 
you know? And I, I would be okay if you could do it while... I'd be okay if you could aim it while, like, running, like a grenade. Because I feel like... It, like, you're still only going to get that max 70. It's not really going to extend it. It's not like you could do some weird move to throw it. I don't know. I feel like it could make it too worse. Um, and then her ultimate is, of course, quite handy. And there's a clip I saw on Reddit where people stole the, the gold-kitted weapon out of a drop package <laughs> using her ultimate, which is the dream at this stage to pull off something uh, similar to that. Yeah. That's the, the ultimate goal for, for, for Loba players. And then the other thing I'm loving about her, though, is that is the... Double thing they've added for this season is they're like, oh, different characters now are going to have these these key lines and interactions and stuff, which I feel like they had to add simply between Loba and Bravenet. And then when they had to add it for those two characters, they they were like, ah, oh, might as well do it for a bunch of other characters that are friendly or not friendly yeah. with each other kind of thing. So it makes sense and it adds a lot more fun and different banter to the game. But yeah, it's it's when you're playing Loba and there's a Revenant on the team and there's that one time I think it was you or. Maybe it's you. I don't yeah, know, I think someone's so. playing Revnet and it's like picked up something and then clicked thank you as Revnet and then Revnet was like thank you Loba in like the most <laughs> like sarcastic sort of voice and I and then when it comes up say uh replies her yeah. she's like shut up demon you know like all this <laughs> stuff I hate your face basically so I'm loving the um the interactions between her and Revnet it just it adds it adds a lot to the game uh, to have the characters and personalities shine through while you're playing even more because of course you as soon as you get into the game and no matter what character you're playing as i feel like you can kind of easily like suddenly you're in first person you you forget you don't forget who you're playing but you, you lose the the personality of them especially if you're like look at the sick skin i've got now i'm playing the game first person and <laughs> i don't get to see it myself and whatever else so to have these cool little interactions and to, to have that part of the story i think that's that's great um so yeah on the map we're back at king's canyon uh, or a version of king's canyon i think it's cool i think it's i still haven't really fully got it mapped out in my head that's probably still gonna take some more time no. but i like the the major changes to it i like the fact that they just blew up skull town which because that because that proved to me uh respawn as a developer isn't afraid of just kind of for the sake of moving the game forward just blowing up a lot of people's favorite place to land to land yeah and they're like well, you know what we're just gonna blow it up so <laughs> it happens <laughs> like it, it yeah nothing, this is this is what's happening for the story so i i, I kind of like that and the thing is that if they do any weird events in the future you know like they do fun events or whatever they could always roll back season one king's canyon like they've done previously for people to hit with the nostalgia or whatever but when we're playing on like the i guess if you want to call it like the canon version of where the story's at map i'm glad to see that they're not afraid of just doing big swings and different sorts of things but yeah how are you feeling about the map overall because you because i barely played season two no yeah kept- I, I think most of my game has been on world's end edge so yeah i mean i don't hold much nostalgia for King's Canyon. Uh, I don't. I, I definitely didn't like Skull Town because everybody would drop there and then we'd die in like five minutes. So good riddance. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's interesting. The, the obviously the design of the new section where it's been blown up with like the the skull being craned out of this ocean 
you can land on it, but there doesn't seem to be anything there. And there's like a zip line across to it, but there seems to be nothing there, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, it seems mostly the same. Obviously, there's changes to like the relay or whatever. Um, they seem to be building something over in that's the wetlands relay section. So yeah, yeah, looks good. Yeah, there's it, there's lots of little things that are just like spread out. You're like, well, what's happening here? What's happening here? What's what's going on with this? Like, for starters, why who 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 and why is even trying to excavate the skull? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why why <laughs> why is this why is this a thing that's happening anyway? Why didn't and that then, massive skull get destroyed in that massive explosion? It's a very strong. How skull, is it still you know? in one piece? Very strong, very strong skull. You know. Don't yeah. Um, and then. Even other things, like you go down into Singh Labs and then slowly each season they keep adding more and more to that. Now there's another entry exit. slash exit to it. They just slowly keep opening up different places of that and where they're yeah. going to take it and whatever else. It just makes me wonder if something's eventually going to like if be built on this map as well. Maybe it's connected to Singh Labs or like some sort of um, new portal, but like a different inter- interdimensional type situation happening because yeah. i guess the um oh, the other thing for the map before moving on quickly is the charge stations are cool i like them i know i've seen on the internet they're kind of some people hate them some people don't like them i like the charge stations i like how you can literally just walk up and get your ultimate real quick i think people are just getting salty because they're going they're doing it and then an enemy team like comes down and kills them while they're activating it's like well it's risk reward why are you <laughs> why are you getting mad bro you yeah know? so and certain characters it's like don't worry about it but other characters where the ultimates are so good it may be worth taking the risk to do it especially if you think you're going to be in a team fight soon but um yeah the story implications and whatever going on this this season tying it into the quest stuff now we're recording this before the first, first proper quest drops the the first pve night raid thing uh comes out so and i'm I'm very keen for that but from where it looks at at the moment through the prologue and just what's happening on the map i really don't know what's happening (laughs) (laughs) because the i liked the prologue story thing my only complaint about it is that they didn't have the actual voice actors voice acting the lines but i think that i think the reason they've done that at first i was like oh this is silly maybe it's because people couldn't record in covid19 you know like all this sometimes i think they haven't had the voices because part of the plot is trying to guess who who's the um, snitch who's the snitch exactly so i guess if you have everyone doing the voice actors it kind of helps narrow down potentially who's there and who's not there especially the the main characters that actually does make sense i just was kind i got angry quickly and then was like wait wait you've got all these (laughs) awesome voice actors why are we reading (laughs) yeah i was like hold on hold on this this is kind of all ending up to make sense now so the story that we're going through for this season is loba is looking for an artifact she doesn't explain what that artifact is all she does is explain it's going to help them and people should help her and it's going to be great and let's come help me get this artifact or it'll it'll you know everyone it'll help take down fucking hammond and whatever else and everyone's like cool sounds great but don't tell don't tell revenant and then at the end of the prologue someone snitches and 
takes a note to Revenant. So that's the the core thing I got from that. But other than that, we really don't know what this artifact is. Yeah. What it's going to do, where it comes from. Now, obviously, it has to have something to do with Revenant. I would say... I would potentially say, now to tie this into what I was just saying before, with the whole Sing Labs and the different portal and stuff, I think maybe she's looking for a way to open a portal to a different dimension because I think that's maybe where Revenant's head got taken at the end of the the opening clip because the Apex Titanfall universe does literally delve a lot into just being able to transfer between different universes and whatever. Rafe is literally a character whose ability is just being able to run through different in like dimensions, the, yeah. in between dimensions to the point that if you ever slow down her ultimate um, not her, her tactical as she's running through it you'll literally just see other wraiths running past which are in different dimensions yeah well and her, if you watch her, the, her, the whatever animation of yeah. her story that they explain that that's a thing that happens yeah she gets saved by herself so yeah <laughs> like it's from a different dimension so um and her her passive is literally voices from the void which is other versions traveling through the void being like hey i just passed you <laughs> <laughs> and so there's enemies over there. All right, back to my world. Off I go. So that's a lot of what the, the game story revolves around. And I feel like maybe they've transferred Revenant's real head to a different dimension. And then she's maybe looking for a way to get to it. Because that's the only thing that kind of makes sense to me at this stage. Because if they simply transferred it to a different planet, you know, she'd be like, all right, peace out. I'm going to go to the different planet to track it down. But if she needs a, an artifact to, tra- to to be able to get there, a secret way to get there, that would kind of add up for why she's hanging around the park. Because at the moment, it's like, why is she staying there? You know? Why is she hanging around the park when she does... Uh, hanging around the, the Apex games when she she doesn't need to? Yeah. But what, do you, what do you think of all the... Yeah, obviously, on? she needs something inside the world of Apex to get at revenant which is i mean her main goal unless she's got like some bigger schemes in hand um yeah it's it's hard to tell obviously we know very little and i i'd be interested to see how the story is told from this point forward whether there's more of these prelude text-based stories or there's actual mm-hmm. cutscenes in the quests because they're all going to be replayable again um as many times as you want answer you unlock the stuff they just won't drop and that kind of thing but mm-hmm. uh is it gonna how yeah? How are these quests going to work? Is the question that I've got going forward, and how is the story going to be told? Yeah, do they get told throughout the quest? Do I get told like at a cutscene before and after? Yeah, um, or are they different on a week to week basis? <laughs> you know, like literally everyone's it's it's it's, it's own to separate sort of thing, thing yeah. happening. Yeah, it's it's interesting time, especially because this is like Apex has played around with PVE stuff before. But this is the first time they've done a full sort of, this is a co-op mode, you know, like this is, this is what this is. And it's, it's a story-based co-op mode. It's, 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 it's as close as the game's got to having a single player campaign kind of, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's like, this is about the story, play it with your friends, play it solo if you want, you know, how do, but how do we feel about how you go to unlock this stuff? So to get the weekly night raids, the weekly yeah, story content. You have to get uh, these treasure packs, and you can get one treasure pack a day by finding them in 
any loot box yep. in the the game, and they're not hard to find. You'll find a million of them, and you, like you know, you probably get it in your first game. If not, you probably didn't open enough boxes, or someone else opened, found one, forgot to ping it for you because I was being mean and didn't bother asking. Or they needed uh, it. Or they needed it, I guess. <laughs> Maybe that was a thing too. Yeah. But yeah, how how do you feel about the treasure packs and having to get them? Because I mean, it um, makes sense. I mean, it kind of forces you to kind of makes you play the game every single day to get that treasure pack yeah. on top of getting your dailies and that kind of thing. Um, I think it's a good thing to reward replete players. Uh, you only have to play it five times a week. So, I mean, it's not that difficult, you would think, yeah. to jump in. Five out of seven. Five, five out, out of seven. seven or days, yeah. to, to play day one. I mean, you could even, the thing's going to be open for 96 days or whatever. So, I mean, you can just wait till. Yeah. You could probably wait till the very end to unlock everything and then. You know, to play you can, everything. You can wait to the end, wait. and you can get your treasure packs uh, like naturally. You can jump in halfway through and start playing, get your treasure packs, and catch up and do them. Like you don't actually have to play these things week to week. You can jump in and spend the uh, the apex coins just to, to catch up. You can literally jump in, never play apex the whole season, jump in, and be like, all right, here's my apex coins. Give me all the fucking treasure packs I need. Cool. Now can I play all the raids? Cool. Off we go. The like, but the one thing that makes this system okay as far as I'm concerned, kinda, is that you can play the raids, like raids or quests, whatever you want to call them. You can play them with your friends, even if they haven't unlocked enough treasure packs for it. Mm. However, you can invite them. You, only the person or peoples that have got enough treasure packs to have unlocked it on their game will then get the rewards at the end of it. However, everyone can play them, as long as they've yeah. got one friend who's unlocked, unlocked it yeah. and can and can invite you to it. So I feel like having that as a key thing here makes it like, oh, it's not so bad. Like, you know, because I hate when any free-to-play games or MMOs or whatever, they do the thing where they're like, and obviously a, a lot of them are built around like, we want you to come back daily and play our game, come back daily, play our game. That's how a lot of these systems are built, which is fine to a point. I just feel like there should always be a, a sort of safety net. And I feel like ha being having this here where your friends can invite you. You just won't get the rewards. It's like, well, you'll get the content. Yeah. You just won't get the rewards. And the, no. and, and, and that's fair because it's like the, the people getting the rewards are the people who've put in the work. But if you don't want to do that or you can't do that because you're too busy, but you just want to play it anyway and experience it, you can still do that. So I feel like it's a yeah. it's a nice middle ground for everything that's happening. I mean, there's also incentive that you get rewards every time you get a treasure pack every day. You get like XP yeah, or extra rewards. Apex points or whatever. So. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, all right, two other small things to talk about from the the major patch changes coming into season five. Uh, I'm not going to go over the full patch notes, but the two key things I think are one mirage changes, major, major, major mirage changes. Now, yes. I um, I haven't played him since the change, but you have put a, a lot of I put some time into him. Yeah, you've put some time into him. So, how do you do? You want to explain the the major mirage changes and then what you think of. Well, the major, when you send out a duplicate, uh, one, it doesn't stop at a ledge. It keeps going. That's a nice plus. Because um, <laughs> sometimes I just drop him and then it would just stop like a meter away from me. Like, yeah, this is very good. Uh, but you can also can take control of your duplicate. So it will uh, mirror you wherever, however distance it is to be more lifelike, I guess, in its uh, directions and movement and that kind of thing. So it's easier to fool people. Um the other big important change is when you're going to revive people, you and the person you're reviving go invisible. 
uh, get hidden. So that is like a big help. Uh, uh, I think we've seen people walk straight past someone trying to revive somebody, uh, and yep. because they're hide- <laughs> because they're hidden, they walk straight past, didn't notice them, uh, and then and then they go and shoot them in the back. <laughs> it's great. So yeah. Those are the big, two big changes. Obviously, controlling duplicates makes it easier to be bamboozle people. And then the revival thing is like makes Mirage like a really helpful healer and that kind of stuff. Well, they, they his ulti, they made the things a bit more um, like spread out and they're doing stuff now, didn't they? Yeah, they like moves that. around a bit more. I haven't really used the ulti much. Yeah. I think they, yeah, every time I've seen someone use it, the main takeaway I have is the drones aren't just like this cluster of, you no, know, because they go all over the place and it seems like it's much yeah. harder to get Mirage, like the proper yeah, one. Yeah, it's 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 hard to guess which is actually the real one because it's, it's much more like he spawns a Mirage of like you'd see on his party boat, yeah. like where they're doing stuff and whatever. They actually look more lifelike um, compared to before it was just like, just a bunch of dudes standing around you, <laughs> yeah, like a, just a huddle, and you tr- you try to escape out the side or something like that. Yeah, um, I think the yeah, but the key thing I would say for the Mirage thing is like his tacticals tacticals a lot cooler now. I've definitely been bamboozled by people controlling it and running past and whatever else, and that's cool. Have to have to learn to get used to it again. The the healing thing, people I've seen online complaining about it being too broken or whatever. I am of the mindset that it's not broken. We're just not used to it. And once people get used to it, it won't not be good. It will simply be a lot more counterable because you can still hear people getting revived. And what yeah. I, you know, like if someone's getting revived, they can still get shot. Yeah, you can still literally shoot them. So if you hear someone getting revived literally at your feet, and instead of going, "Oh, that's a weird sound glitch," and moving on, just shoot the fucking ground, and you'll kill them. Like. <laughs> You know, it's it's it really is that simple. So I don't think it's broken. I I just think it's something that people need to get used to, used to adapt to. And this is just something that we're going to have happen in the game a lot. I think you know, every time a new champion comes in, sometimes depending on the power, people are going to be like, oh, that's broken, that's broken. It's not broken. A lot of times, it's just going to be we're not used to it, so people complain yeah. it's broken, and then they get used to it, and, and it's like okay. Well, it's fine now because <laughs> I never understood how it works. So it's of course it's broken because people jump to broken as the key thing to complain yeah. about anything for. It's just yeah. different. Yeah, different. it's like the it's Pathfinder changes. Like you'll get used to it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Didn't have, but I haven't played Pathfinder since the changes. No, I wasn't a major Pathfinder player anyway. But yeah, yeah, major nerf. <laughs> they changed his ulti <laughs> from uh, his tactical from. Uh, was it like 16 the, seconds something yeah, like that seconds to 30, to 30 seconds, seconds. But th- yeah they doubled it which i think is fine because and the reason they gave for it is basically they were like people in long team fights the fact that pathfinder could multiple multiple times just swing around was too much so it's like if you're still having a longish team fight you'll be able to now use it like twice yeah three times you know but before it was like you won't be able to drop in, it? shoot a bunch <laughs> yeah. of people, then shoot swing and out, escape. Yeah, heal was, up and then come back lot. in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I feel, I feel like it's a it's a fair change personally. Um, and then the one other thing that affected me the most was the massive peacekeeper thing because I'm I, I like a peacekeeper, like a like a shotgun to the face type thing. So what they've done is they've literally just switched them. So peacekeeper is now what you will find in uh, drops. 
and the Mastiff is now the random gun that you'll be able to find out and about where you'd pick up peacekeepers. And this was the change that made the most sense. And the example I gave you the first night was playing is anytime I had a peacekeeper and I would walk up and open a care package and see a Mastiff in there, it would run towards it, be like, oh, golden gun. And I was hoping it was devotion. And then it would be like peacekeeper, um, Mastiff. And I'll be like, yeah, nah, I got a, I got a peacekeeper. Why do, why do I care? And I think that literally is the reason why they had to change. Because anytime a normal gun is not as exciting as a fully kitted gold special one that you can only get from drops, they should probably just change places. You know? Yeah. That's, that's, the <laughs> I mean, it, it makes, makes sense. sense. I, I've seen people upset that the changes happened, but I feel like that's, oh, the goods gun's hidden away now. Yeah. So, I mean, from a gameplay perspective, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. And also the Mastiff, I've been playing with it a lot more now because I'll just find it and pick it up. And I, it's, uh, I would say it's it still does, I'd pick it over the Eva. Eva. It's still, but the Eva, yeah, the 8, Eva 8? Eva 8, yeah. Yeah, I'd still pick it over that because I'm not a big fan of that gun. But the, the Mastiff just is, it still does a decent amount of damage. It just gives a lot more wiggle room for error in missing yeah, your shots. It's got a very wide. Yeah. And the reload time's a little bit better than the it's peacekeeper. It's got a bigger well, clip and that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. The peacekeeper was literally high skill level, but it was an a lot end of game damage. weapon. Yeah. I mean, it was It'd a go-to like- in pro games, shortened it to PK. I mean, if it's if it's if the gun's being shortened, you know, it's being used a lot. <laughs> yes. And and it's fair because it was especially for pros who could hit ninety nine percent of their shots with it. It's a gun where if you hit with it, it fucking hurts. But yep. the negative side was not big clip size, long low time, you know, like these sorts of yep. things. That was supposed to counterbalance. However, if you could use it, it hurt. <laughs> like, yeah. If you hit your shots with it, it 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 damn well hurt. So um, I, I'm fine with that change. Uh, of course, I'm not super... I don't feel like there's anything in this game I'm ever going to get feel super... I say this now and then something will change and it'll really piss me off. But at the moment, I can't really think of any sort of gun or something that as long as it's got a good reason between it before it being changed or, you know, updated, changed or whatever, or even the character thing. I'm like, as long as there's a good reason behind it and you can read the patch notes and be like, yeah, that that does make sense, then I'm not going to get too angry about anything changes. And they do have to even if it annoys casual players, they do have to sometimes just change stuff for competitive play. And that yep. unfortunately may affect casual players, but that's just how any sort of game that has a competitive side works. works. That's yeah. just that's just the way it goes. They're not going to be like, oh, we changed it. So only when you're playing in competitive tournaments, the peacekeepers now and they fucking drop and the massives in the wild. Like that's silly. No, it's, it's they have to no. change it not in the whole game. That's just how the game works. So yeah. Um, any other random things that you've liked or disliked season five so far no i think we've covered yeah. most stuff i mean it working the way through the battle pass reading the stories and that kind of stuff and like the images and that kind of thing of uh yeah of uh loba dropping in and uh, i think it's bangalore talking about her first arrival uh, after the events of that trailer i mean it's interesting yeah. so far so i think i'm too i'm only like level 10 on the battle pass at the moment so <laughs> Keen to get more of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it looks good. Keen to, yeah. Keen to learn more. Yeah, I'm fan too, and I can't... We're, we're, I don't want to like lock in if I'm going to do D3 
depending on how story heavy the night raids are will depend on how often I feel like we need to put out episodes <laughs> put out episode to discuss it you know so that that'll just be a thing going forward the, the one the first one drops literally 15 hours as of recording this just to sort of time code this one so they'll come out see what that's like decide what to do then blah 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 but also this is the first episode so i, I do just want to kind of reiterate the, the show structure for this which is whenever however they could be Whatever. short they could be long they could be <laughs> fucking 15 minutes they could be half an hour like this one they could be an hour you know like they, I, they could just have me it could have ash it could have other people who, who fucking knows how it's gonna work it's just it's it's literally whenever the apex gods scream that an episode should be out that's how this, this show is going to work and if you're listening to this and you've also listened to like our other show arca couch where we talked about apex legends sometimes and you're like well does that mean you're not going to talk about it in there no the, the breakdown to me is this uh like as of recording today there was a story about respawn studios opening in uh, another studio to work on apex legends uh game potentially that is something i would cover and we will cover in arcade couch this show is solely going to be talking about the actual game not not the the, the development of it not the behind the scenes of it like we're going to be talking about the story we're going to be talking about what's actually happening in the game the stuff we're actually playing that is the purpose of this uh, podcast and not mm. to say we can't talk about that on uh, arcade couch if something Major, major happened you know and like we, we, we want to discuss it we can talk about it in two places but this is diving in talking about the fucking map changes the story stuff the quests the treasure like stuff that we'd go to mirage changes fucking peacekeeper mastiff swaps you know this is yeah. this is what this is now we'll 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 be back here in a couple of days talking about how great the story got in that thing was i don't know we'll, we'll stay tuned to find out um but i'll do it for the first episode of apex predators you can find the show on all podcast services if that's how you're listening to it and not how you're listening to it you can also find it on youtube if that's how you're listening to it and or not listening to it um if you'd like one or the other and you're listening to it slash watching it in one and you'd prefer the other go find your perfect place to partake in apex predators you can figure it out yourself uh you can follow all of us on twitter by heading to explosionnetwork.com slash twitter check out explosionnetwork.com for more stuff including arcade couch which i just mentioned which is our weekly video game podcast and until next episode i don't really have an outro sorted for the show uh, help me think of one before the next one bye